And now, an Envision Financial podcast with Luke Smith on Canberra's 2CC. On Canberra Live with Leon Delaney. Money Matters with Luke Smith from Envision Financial Services. Not Leon, clearly it's me, Brian, but Luke is here. The Luke Smith you just heard introed. He is the host of the popular podcast, The Strategy Stacker. And as we learned last week, the author of the all-new book, Smart Money Strategies, in, in mm. the studio with me, Luke, how, how are you this week? Mine, really good, really good. And the uh, how'd the book go? Yeah, look, smashing. It's, um, you know, the, 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 the feedback we've had has been amazing. And um, we popped down to Dimmicks um, after the show last week and spent uh, Saturday in all of the stores that, that distribute it, bar the one at the university, signing a few copies. Good and, stuff. you know, they were, they were really receptive. And, you know, I thought it'd be something that was, you know, a little silly to do. But, you know, they were all for it and promoted it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's been really, really fantastic. So the, um, have they all been sold, the signed copies? Because they'll be worth a bunch at Sotheby's oh, later. amazing. Like in, in a bunch of years' time. eBay will be blowing up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I never tell anybody that I have, um, I have the entire collection of the... The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy by Douglas Adams, who's no longer alive, right. all signed by the author. Well, I'm not planning on going anywhere I, I, just I, I yet. Don't, I don't know. No, <laughs> I don't know. No, that would not be a smart money strategy, would it? <laughs> exactly right. No, right. Might be for my wife. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've done your job properly, yes, it would be. Exactly. Um, the book is written for basically everybody who's looking at some kind of financial security, yeah. which is essentially everybody. But as yeah. we discovered last week, there are um, um, different strategies required at different times in your life. Exactly. Okay. Yep. Let, let's just do a little uh, um, by the decade, if we can. Yep. So let's start. If you're a person in your 20s, yep. you've possibly just graduated from university. You might yep. have a uh, the old hex debt, whatever it's yep. called now. Um, uh, so you start your professional life with a, a debt that you need to get rid of fairly quickly. That's often a key component of getting young people to the point where they can start investing beyond what their employer is putting in from the compulsory superannuation guarantee. Mm. What's the first step for somebody like that? Well, I think it's about understanding, you know, you finish your education, you join the workforce and you start to receive, you know, what would be a new salary. Yeah. There are, there are certain limits and thresholds where, you know, the hex debt or help debt, whatever they call it now, is triggered. Um, but it's a really good way of being able to get in front of that and pay it off to then also be able to have some good budgeting skills. You know, when you start to earn some money, you learn some responsibility and you have fixed obligations that you need to try and adhere to as, you know, your life evolves um, as you get a little bit older. So, you know, you'd move into trying to pay off your debt and be diligent. You do that through having a good budget. You may then also use a number of the tech apps that are available as a really good starting point. You know, we say in the book regularly that do a little something a little sooner. And that's a great way of saying, well, I have come into additional cash flow through work. So what could I do to try and start something at a very small level and then have that repetitious behaviour of saving, deposits, investing, reinvesting, and building up a little nest egg outside of, you know, your superannuation guarantee, as you mentioned, but have something in your own name there where you're actively choosing to do something that is of a proactive nature and benefit to you over the longer term. So you sort of start that part of your life and then build those skills. And those skills really continue forever. It's just the magnitude or depth of the saving that you start to manipulate depending on what you decide to do as you move into you know, a more mature part of your career 
um, as your remuneration continues to grow yep. through your experience and, and change in occupation. One of the uh, the difficult decisions that people in that demographic are often faced with is do I um, go into investment vehicles such as you're talking about or mm. do I save up for a house deposit? What would be your advice there? Well, I think it, you need to bring it back to your why. You know, people have different objectives and different belief systems and I think you need to do something that is true to you and that is your key priority. It doesn't mean that you can't do both because you might actively save into a bank account which is for a home deposit and as part of your remuneration you could direct that to an investment portfolio in your own name which could provide you with some capital growth over time that could then be redeemed and used as a deposit so as well. So you're sort of turbocharging your, de- your potential yeah. deposit with other investments prior to that. Exactly, and it's just about, again, being comfortable taking on an element of risk because yep. there's an element of risk in anything, yep. and it's about trying to move forward with you know an alignment of what your objective is and then what are the tools that are available or the resources that are available to me that I can use to try and, as I say, turbocharge that to say, well, I'll save this to the bank because it's safe and I'll save this to a portfolio so I've got the benefit of time and compounding over a three, four, five-year period. You may then redeem that capital, put it towards your deposit, buy the house and then potentially draw that money back out to buy back the portfolio and create a tax-deductible investment loan. So that's where that stacking mentality comes in, where you can start your, your, your journey financially and then build on that. And then it's about the strategic benefit of considering other options or evolving your thought process to, well, now I have bought my home. Now I am filling up an offset account. Now let's use that offset account to borrow to buy investments in our own name so we get some tax benefit. Hmm. So it's about evolving your thinking in conjunction with the evolution of, one, your cash flow, and two, your working life and how things change as you mature as a person and and as a professional. Okay, let's mature 10 years. You are now in your, say, early mid-30s. You're possibly married. You might have a couple of kids. You do not own your own home yet. Right. And you are kind of struggling to make ends meet a little bit. Yep. Priority should be to use that method from the 20s decade or well, do something different, well, G- uh, given the, the, the extra 10 years that have evaporated here. Yeah, and again, it comes down to your cash flow. Everything's driven by cash flow. Yep. Cash flow is always king. Yep. But again, if you're now 35 paying school fees and you have some good equity in your home or you don't have them bought a place, so you've got a really good nest egg that you could use to buy something, yep. it's always about managing the lifestyle, I find, against the acquisition of capital assets. And there's always a tipping point where something will become more important. And if it's the security of your family and you want to buy a home and service a debt, then make that your priority for the next 5, 10, 15 years where surplus funds sit into an offset account. So you need to know about an offset account to use one because that will give you 100% access to the capital that you're saving against your mortgage so that you could then use that over time to drip feed money into investments, to pay for school fees, to pay for super contributions, to lower your taxable income. So it's not that one thing is better than another. It's just about as your priorities change, how do I focus on where's the best use of my funds? And because I have, in that example, amassed a significant capital sum, can I buy something? Do Do I buy an investment property and then pay rent because of the interest and cash flow differential that might be available. So it's very much a moving feast in relation to what should I do and when because it'll be driven by that stage of life that you're at. You know, 
a couple at 35 with no kids can hammer a you know savings with with two good jobs at a much better rate than someone with f- three or four children. Yeah, I, I have a couple <laughs> of friends and uh, in exactly that situation, and they effectively retired at 42. Yeah. Oh, look, and as Age I say, 42. with yeah. with good behaviours, and this is again, we come back to saying, I want people to be aware of what's available to them, and that can give you the insight that you need to be able to achieve yeah. those sorts of timelines. It's uh, it's funny. I when I was studying economics as a young chap. Um, the personalization of finance and economics in in the way we're talking about it now was not a thing. Mm. Should we be teaching this kind of stuff a little more, how can I put this, personally yeah, in, look, in, in the school or university 100%. environment? Yeah, I think I think it's 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 something that is hugely lacking um, because I see all stages of, of, of the life cycle from, you know, your 30-year-old, your 25-year-old to your 60-year-old. Yep. And I can be asked the same question, well, what is this and what is that? So I think there is a huge lack of core information and was one of the key drivers that we wrote the book because a lot of people come in, will have a meeting, you'll raise their, 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 their awareness to a range of different things and everybody will look at me and say, Oh, I wish I'd known that five or ten years ago. Yeah, exactly. Well, the book is there now to be able to give people that platform or that medium to be able to invest in themselves and learn those things so that if you did find out about dollar cost averaging and ETFs and and, and retail investment platforms at 22 and you start with a little bit, you compound that forward. You go from saving $50 a month to $500 a month to five grand a month Mm. over your working life. The behavior doesn't change. But the numbers do. And it's the behaviours that we want to instil in people at a very early age so that they can make good, strong, informed decisions and then compound the benefit of time. And I guess the good thing about using a book such as yours is the the information in it is internally and logically consistent. Mm. One of the things that I've noticed with uh, some financial advisors over the years is that it's a little bit like talking to a lawyer. You mm. tend to get a different opinion as to what you should do from each one. Mm. The The great benefit of your book in the way you've structured it is that, that as I say, it is logically consistent in mm. terms of the pathways that you can um, access. Yeah. To grow your wealth, yeah. so the the what I it, it, I don't know it's just very confusing sometimes because you you talk to some one financial advisor like oh mate if you have got any coin put it in property right mm. and the other one will say oh no no you really should go the the markets or yeah. some other investment and uh, it's inherently confusing the yeah. book isn't confusing no and, and and that was really why we wanted to make people aware of the options that are available to them because property is great for some shares are great for others you can have a mix of both it's not that one is better than the other. Mm. It's really about saying what is right for you and what could you do with the resources that you have to go down either road because if you're not earning a significant amount of money, it's very hard to save for a deposit and buy an investment property. Yeah, totally. That doesn't mean you don't like them. No. It's more about saying am I aware of that? Could that then be the fire I need to say, well, if I had X, mm. I could mm. buy Y. Right, okay, there's my, there's my goal. I'll go and chase that. Ultimately, though, you still have to make decisions about where you spend your discretionary income, don't you? That, and that, that, that money that you have, that you, we can either go on a holiday, we can go out to some fancy restaurants, we can go and buy some new clothes, yep. or we can stick it into the portfolio. You have yep. to make those sort of decisions, don't yeah. you? Yeah, and look, we, you know, I, I laugh with people because for, for many, many decades, people have walked in, sat down and said, look, we're just average people. We're not extravagant. 
And I say, oh, well, I'm yet to meet anybody that isn't. But the next line out of their mouth could be, I just need $50,000 to live on. Or I just need $400,000 to live on. I'm not extravagant. And in everybody's eyes, they're not. But to exactly your point, you have to choose what you're going to do. And I think being informed in relation to where your money going is one of the key things that ties directly into the question I always get in is, can I retire? And when I ask people, well, what do you need to generate? Mm. Nine times out of 10, they go, I don't know. And they shrug their shoulders and go, well, there's some homework for you. Because if you're going to build a house, you wouldn't come into me and say, what does it cost to build a home? You'd come in and say, I'd like four bedrooms, a pool, a cinema, a four-car garage, and da-da-da-da-da. You need to do the same thing here. They're the ones who are not extravagant, clearly. That's it. Yeah, that's right. That's that's it. Yeah, that's because they just moved out of a tent. Um, But but that's exactly right. It it ultimately comes down to informed choice. 100%. And and if you have have good information to make an alternate choice, a better choice than the one you're about to make, which is to go on that extravagant holiday or, you know, whatever, buy a boat or something, there might be better things to do with your money for, you know, over your life. You're spot on. And that for me was really one of the things that we wanted to try and break down. And And I see all the time is the assumption of the can and the can't. People will come in and say, I have to do this because... And when I ask them where they got that from, yep. it'll be a completely unrelated financial source. It'll be a bit like me asking for electrical advice from a plumber. plumber. <laughs> you know, and that's, that's what we tried to break down in the book. We wrote it for mums and dads in mum and dad language. Yep. We tried to make it succinct and consistent, but we also then tried to give people the tools to educate themselves in a non-threatening environment, right? Because sitting on your couch is great. You're not going to sit in front of somebody at a bank because people won't go and ask for information at a bank because they're scared they're going to have something rammed down their neck hmm. sale-wise because yeah. there's no product in that book. It's the, all strategy. The more informed you are when you go engage with any organisation, the better outcome you're going to get, no doubt about 100%. it. 100%. Luke, in the little time we've got, hmm. what are the key sort of takeouts from uh, from the book? What do you need to do? Yes, I think we touched on some of the key sort of contributors before the ad break, but I think get the facts first, don't assume. Yep. I think assumptions can be very, very expensive. And you could be missing out on doing things a little bit sooner to have that momentum of compounding and time. I think waiting for the time to be right is a bit like waiting to have a child at the right time. Yeah, or saying, I'll, I'll do this later. I'll, yeah, when I get more money, when yeah. I get a promo, when I get a better job, and by the time you're 55, it's too late. Exactly. So <laughs> just just do a little something a little sooner, but be consistent. Yep. If you can use technology and automate it, do so. Right. But get your facts, get your, get, your, get your parameters, and then work within yourself to know that you can move in the right direction positively i think you also need to do what is right for what you believe and i think you made a great comment before the outbreak of an advisor says do this do that an advisor should be saying what do you want to do and do you understand what that involves as opposed to giving direction without understanding the person and that's where you know your why becomes very very important as to the way you move forward yeah if you've been listening to luke and i chat this afternoon and you want a bit more info where's the best place for listeners to do that yeah so uh six two six zero four seven four nine is the office number we've got envisionfinancial.com.au on the internet we've got the podcast the strategy stacker luke talks money on itunes and spotify we've got the strategy handle um on tiktok the strategy stacker and we'll also be on uh, the today show uh on sunday morning oh, so we'll be stuff. we'll be spreading some news there and how people can manage the rising costs of of living. And in the meantime, go out, buy yourself a copy of Smart Money Strategy. That's an excellent investment by Luke Smith. Luke, great to see you again. Thanks again, Take mate. care. Have a fabulous weekend. You too.